and welcome to the Bored and Bitchy Podcast, a place where we love to talk about all the mess that is 90 Day Fiancé. I'm Evie, and I'm an LA girl who's currently living in London. Hi, everyone. I'm Kat, a California slash LA girl currently living in Arizona. And my warning for you is that we drop profanity every single week. It's guaranteed, and you've been warned. Thank you for that warning, Kat. And before we jump into this week's episode... I have some very important news to share out. This is critical news for all 90 Day fans. It's not a shit sandwich this week. Thank the Lord. It's not an emotional roller coaster. Girl, praise be. Thank you. (laughs) You're actually going to be mad because last week we were going through it talking about all the sad news just in the world in general and talking about the cancer diagnosis for Jihoon and Devin's little son and then we while we were talking about we were saying like oh we long for the days when it was like farts in a jar and a shit sandwich and these kind of lighthearted news I kid you not we finished recording and a few hours later I saw on TMZ that our girl Stephanie 90 day fiance before the 90 days is back at it with one of her uh, money-making ventures little side hustles now she's not selling farts in a jar because I remember that caused her to almost have like a full heart attack. She had like trapped wind and it, she ended up in the ER room or whatever. Mm-hmm. So her new hustle is she's actually uh, selling bottles of boob sweat. They go for $500 each. She's been going outside and tanning. She's been going into saunas. She uh, posted some TikTok videos just taking us through the journey of how she collects Enormous amount, enormous amounts of boob sweat, and they've been selling like hotcakes. I think she's already reportedly sold fifty plus. You times that times five hundred dollars. I mean, the money's just pouring out. Wait, am I doing the math right? That's fifty plus fifty so times twenty five. <laughs> so twenty five thousand? No. Yes. 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 So she's made for twenty five thousand so far. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm sorry. I. <laughs> Are you checking? You're under your shirt. My mouth was literally open. It was a gape. No, as you were ramping up, I was like, what could she possibly have up her sleeve now or, you know, out her bowels? Like, I don't know what's happening here. And you said boob sweat. And I was like, you know, I could see that. I guess I could also see farts in a jar, but I guess boob sweat just seems a little more appealing than farts in a jar to me. I, I don't know. Weird tangent. What I want to know is, how do I get in on that? Because I'm well endowed and I live in Arizona. So I feel like (laughs) it's summertime, you know, I'm about to be sweating up a storm. Oh, my God. I'm telling you that you're like just your glands could be producing, making so much money right now. Um, That's why when you went quiet, when I said that, I was like, is she checking under her shirt to see if there's potentially $500 just hanging around in her bra right now? (laughs) No, because the fans are fully on, but I'm about to go turn off the AC and all the fans. Um, but I want to know, like, how much volume is in, in the is in these bottles? Is it like a vial of two ounces or is she like sweating up a storm? Literally. <laughs> She's literally setting up a storm. Um, I don't think that it's a, a giant jar, but it is bigger than a vial from what I can tell. Oh, actually, no, I'm, it's, it's, I feel like he'd be on board. <laughs> Sorry, it's like a little test tube. You know how those little beakers, almost like a small little mm-hmm. plastic. Yeah, so it's it is a little mm-hmm. vial. So that for you could definitely fill one of those up quite quickly in Arizona, cat. 
Fuck yeah, I'm about to go. <laughs> Girl, listen, y'all, if I'm not on the podcast in a month, that's because I finally found a venture that makes me money. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. And I just could not believe that we were talking about it. And and like literally an hour after we started stopped recording, Stephanie was like, oh, y'all wanted some bullshit news here. It's not even bullshit because I'm reading and I'm like, you know what? She's the one laughing. All right. She I is. I hate doing, the hustle. Yeah, I I cannot hate the hustle. You know what? Whatever she's doing it, she's doing it well. Yeah. She's making way more money than a lot of our cast members. And with I their mean, tummy tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and their boom bodies and whatnot. Like, so God bless. I mean, it's summertime. People, I guess some people out there need their boob sweat. So mm-hmm. Stephanie is fulfilling some people's fantasies. Good for her. Um, the other piece of thankfully happy news is the MTV Awards, uh, MTV Movie Awards were this weekend, I believe on Sunday. And I mean, I personally have not seen the Movie Awards and or the MTV Awards and God, I can't even remember when, but it has been at least a decade, I want to say. I mean, I didn't even know they were still going on, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I'm bringing them up, I didn't know that this was a category, but Lauren and Alexi were at the award show on stage. They received an award. They won stage. Yeah, they won Best Reality TV Couple. And I mean, I can't, I don't know who the other nominees were. So, I mean, I should technically look that up. But yeah, they were the winners oh. of that award. I feel like that's a Nickelodeon award show category, but you know, MTV is like a step above because it's like a broader, more mature audience. So good for them. Yeah. Like you're so right. I don't feel like that is a category that I would expect to see at the MTV awards, but yeah. Oh, it seems that uh, they beat out stars like other couple, other couples, including from the bachelor, Vanderpump rules, love and hip hop Atlanta um, I wish they would have named out who some of these other couplers were because, yeah, no, I'm really curious. But congrats to them. They look beautiful. Lauren is pregnant with their third child. Aww. She was glowing. Um, Alexi looked fine with some crisp white shirts and sunglasses. So, yeah, good for them. <laughs> good for them. Now, imagine if they were competing against the days of um, a Flavor of Love and it was Flavor Flav. And what was her name? Hollywood? <laughs> Hollywood. The main chick that he was all in love with, Tiffany's her real name. He wasn't in love with New York, okay? New <laughs> York. That was the problem. That was the problem. He ended up picking, oh my God, Hoops uh, one year. I think it was the first year. And second year, was it Cheeks or Buns? So- <laughs> Those women did exist. There was a Cheeks. There was a Buns. Hoops was one of the winners, too. These are the laughs that I need during the news segment. (laughs) Cheeks, Buns, Hoops, clap it all. Like, I don't know. Moving on. Any other news for us? Any other delightful news? Those were the, the top headlines of the week. All right. Well, I love them. Thank you for bringing them to us. Let's take this over to Kansas City, where we are not taking it to Juma because... Shida isn't having it. She's not going to Juma. And it's not because of her faith or her lack of faith. It's because she doesn't want to go back to the scene of the crime where she was treated so coldly. Not only that, I think she said she was still kind of in her feelings about their date the night before at the Kansas City Parisian slash Venetian style gondola ride 
where Bilal was once again playing his little games and avoiding the question about having kids and lecturing her. So she was like, you know what? I don't need another whole negative day of you threatening to leave me on the side of the road and then not introducing <laughs> me to people. So I'm going to just stay here and, you know, sprinkle water around the house and piss you off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and she, you know, like I said, it wasn't a lack of faith. He was over here like my number one attraction or number one reason for being attracted to her was her faith. Calm down, Bilal. She she just said she's not going to Juma, but she did stay home and pray and she made enough voodoo for 100 people, according to Bilal. Now, the one thing that I will say, and I hate to do this because I don't ever want to be team Bilal, is that I was team Bilal on this one. Like, girl, wipe the water up. Like, why is there water splashed all over the floor and the counter? Like, wipe it up. I agree with you, girl. When you said I don't want to be team Bilal, but I'm team Bilal on this, I was like, wait about Juma? Can a girl stay home? Like, she's tired. But, <laughs> but when you, yes, the water and then also, like, not putting the utensils back in the appropriate, like, visually it's very easy to see like if this is a compartment for the teaspoons we put the teaspoons here and the big spoons here and the you know so I mean I agree with you and then you just wipe a counter down like is there no paper towels around is there not a rag like if you spill water especially on the floor like that is a slipping hazard you can't just have water on the floor so I agree with you like at the beginning of the episode when he was trying to lecture her about not wanting to go to Juma and she talked about like, yes, daddy Bilal, yes, dad. <laughs> I agree with her because every time Bilal opens his mouth, I'm like, here he goes. <sighs> yeah. Like, I feel I like agree. I, yeah, don't you revert back into like your 13 year old self, roll your eyes like, oh my God, if my, here come my parents with another lecture, like that is literally how he sounds. But then later when he came home, he's like, what's all this? What? I would have been like the same, like, um, hello, what? Why are you just... <laughs> We're just leaving the, like, puddles of water around? You know what? This is this is so random, but I saw on social media that someone thought this was staged just because they couldn't fathom that somebody wouldn't put the utensils in the right place. And I'm like, really, people? This is where we're splitting hairs on things being real versus staged? A person might have just thrown things in there haphazardly, and that was that. But... Um, yeah, and we yeah. are going to talk about frauded and staged in a bit when we get to other couples. But this to well, me, I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it could technically be staged because I feel like we did see a few episodes back where Shida is literally sipping her coffee, coffee over the sink to avoid making any kind of mess in the kitchen. <laughs> and now she's just leaving puddles of water on the floor. So, yeah, it it doesn't really compute. <laughs> but, right. Puddles of water, pins in the couch. <laughs> I mean, the pain on the couch, that seems like a, a innocent mistake that anyone can make. You know, like you're tired, you're taking them out. And if she just like poked it in, like I agree with her, like, is this an air couch? Like this right. is Eric and uh, what's her name? Um, Leda. Leda in their inflatable couch. Like the couch will be fine. You're fine. But then Bilal, I don't know if he was being dramatic. He said, you know, she's leaving these pins like on the sofa, on the floor. And I'm like, wait a minute, the floor? There's all kinds of hazards on the floor. Now there's water, there's pins. <laughs> I'm sorry, I think she's doing this on purpose. <laughs> What's that show where the woman breaks the author's leg to keep him bedridden? Misery. <laughs> Misery, thank you. Not that show, the movie. Um, the only reason why I brought up the pin in the couch is because, yes, she went from being like, no, daddy, yes, daddy, gotta drink the coffee over the sink, daddy, to like, fuck you, fuck <laughs> your feet, water pins, sprinkle them everywhere, mix them up together. <laughs> 
fuck your couch. You. Next time it's going to be a banana peel. Like, <laughs> we'll see. Fuck now. your shit up, Shida. Fuck <laughs> your shit up. Um, and also, shut the fuck up to Emily. Speaking of staged, this felt very genuine and mm. also felt like Kobe was speaking on behalf of a lot of people, including myself. Oh, including me. Like, I, you know, <sighs> under normal circumstances, don't think that anyone in a relationship should be telling their partner to shut the fuck up. Right. But... Emily, like, shut the fuck up. Like, I mean, we or pick up a fucking shovel. <laughs> oh my god! Like, we have all reached that point where, again, it's like, yes, Daddy Bilal, yes, Daddy Bilal. Like, <laughs> yes, Emily, we get it. Like, don't touch his feet. Don't wake him up. You can't sleep in the same bed. You can't do this. Well, you know, please close the bathroom door. It's all so condescending and nagging and just like bossing him around. I'm sorry. Like, how many ways is there to shovel shit? Like, you just need to move the poop from one area to the other area. I don't need your expert advice on how to do that. Let me be. And you know what? In all fairness, maybe she did have a more efficient way because her thought process was, let me help you do this faster so we can have more time to hang out later. But two things. One, and this extends to her approach entirely, be nice about it. Don't be demeaning. Be helpful, not authoritative. And the second thing was, if you do want him to have more free time later, then get in there. Pick up a shovel. Like, your mom was holding on to one that she clearly wasn't using. Pick it up and help him out. Yeah, or just don't make him shovel shit if you... (laughs) But, I mean, he has to, like, carry his, you know, what is it? Carry his weight weight or, like, he wants to contribute. Carry the the horse's weight, for sure. Carry the horse's weight, literally. And... Listen, I get her point of like that was in front of my mom because that would be uncomfortable for me, too. If me and my husband are fighting in front of my mom, that's just like uncomfortable. I don't need her meddling in it. The mom was clearly uncomfortable, but she's also an enabler because her response to Kobe was, you know, my husband would never talk to me like that, which fair. Yes, absolutely. But also, I know Emily can be pushy and controlling, but no, no, but go talk to your daughter. Both of them need some guidance. Absolutely. And this is the same family that was like, oh, nobody ever tells Emily no. And we, you know, Uh, Emily, uh. (laughs) Emily always gets what she wants. So that's why she's acting this way, because she just has always gotten what she wants. She says what she wants. She does what she wants. And um, Kobe's like, no, I didn't come over here to just constantly be lectured to or told what to do in such a like, yeah, it's in a very demeaning tone. So like you said, I agree that maybe shut the F up, especially in front of the mother-in-law, wasn't great. But the man is at a breaking point. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you prefer happen in front of your mom cat? If your man, while y'all were driving somewhere, called you a bitch uh, or a lying bitch. Ooh, as a, a lying bitch. <laughs> lying bitch. As a swallow <laughs> blurted out to Kalani in front of his mother-in-law. Or if your husband, again, in front of your mother-in-law and an unsuspecting horse, uh, told you to shut the fuck up, which one would go over worse? The horse is like, talk about horse shit, like in the literal and metaphorical sense. I mean, I feel like no matter what, like I said, if me and my husband are having a tiff, I don't want it to be in front of my mom. And there have been moments where, like, my husband has said something with a strong tone and my mom misread it because she's like, you know, I'm her, I'm her daughter. She wants to protect me. And so 
me because I think I am more mature and a better communicator than Emily. I like had separate conversations, one with my mom and one with my husband. With my mom, I was like, mom, he didn't say what you understood. He did say, you know, point blank. And I'm going to talk to him because that's not okay. Then with my husband, listen, <laughs> don't talk to me like that in front of my mom, blah, 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 blah. You know, let's get it together. That's my approach. Well, yeah, I mean, I think lying bitch was worse, but yes, shut the fuck up. Also, like, no parent's going to like that, but also tell your daughter, shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Um, The last thing that I have on this is at the end when he goes to apologize. Obviously, she's being demeaning again. He's like, I'm sorry. She goes, you're sorry for what? Like, because he left a spoon in the sink. Like, what do you think he's apologizing for? Come on now. And then she has the nerve to be like, well, he just doesn't see the big picture of our fight. Neither do you. This is just like Ariella, like it's very point the finger um, and I can do no wrong. Exactly. And I feel super bad for Kobe because he is in that. I feel like he's in that situation with someone that cannot admit that they're wrong. You know, she can't just say, I'm sorry, like you shouldn't have spoken to me that way. But I see how you got to the point of being upset. Let's work on how we speak to each other or whatever. No, like it still was like he was trying to express to her like, can you not talk to me that way? And she was like, oh, I'm sorry that I was trying to make conversation while you were trying to do your, okay, I won't chat with you. And it's like, no, that is not what he's saying. Like, all right, I'm going to tell her to shut the fuck up again. Let me just walk out. <laughs> well, from one lover's quarrel to another, Jabri and not Miona, but David are having their own lover's quarrel. What is your take on this fight? I can't, well, no, I can't put my finger on. I was going to say, I don't know what is the worst staged um, scene. If it's Ariella supposedly try- trying to step it to a MMA fighter for some ridiculous reason, or <laughs> if it's Jabri and David getting into blows over like literal nonsense, because they both just felt so stupid and badly acted to me. But since we're talking about a Jabri and David, I mean... They've been supposedly friends forever and they're, you know, they're super close and bandmates and everything. I don't understand. I still don't understand what the fight is. Like there's this underlying tension between Miona and David, but they haven't, we haven't seen either one of them really do anything disrespectful to each other. So you think they just let each other live, you know, like be cordial mm. to each other. Don't bring Miona up. Like it seemed like here, like David kept on pressing Jabri, like, oh, why you got to text her? Why do you got to check in? I just don't want her to ruin the, the the recording session. I don't want this recording session to be about her. It's like, you're the only one bringing her up. Like, what? <laughs> just record your music and don't worry about who your uh, friend, if he want, your friend wants to text his fiance. You know, I like to live in the moment, right? I try not to, like, peek behind the curtain. And so if I was going to take this at face value, what I will offer is that, yes, they have been friends for a long time. And in being longtime friends you develop you know these idiosyncrasies in your relationship and so I think the Jabri and David have had this this beef this underlying beef that has been like pointed out but never really hashed out with Miona coming into the picture Jabri took a lot of time away from the band to be with Miona to attend to his relationship David felt some type of way about that because I mean he says it's because Jabri has talent and was stunting his ability to grow but it's really because well two things Jabri now has less time for David and also in Jabri not dedicating time to the band, then David's musical career can't grow. So I think there's just been a lot of underlying tension. Now they're seeing each other for the first time and it's like, 
fuck, get off of Miona already. Like, can we just focus? Like, why does she even have to come up? Because I just thought it was interesting, interesting that David's trying to get like the female band member. Oh, I, I missed her name. Um, but the female band member's opinion, and she was like, no help to him. Cause she was like, I don't know. I'm kind of siding with Miona and Jabri yeah. on this one. <laughs> well, yes, I agree. You, you're totally right. But I was saying they're longtime friends. Why are they fighting over nonsense? Still. But then as soon as you said that, I thought of our own friendship group. And I'm like, how many times have we gone into fights? <laughs> Not just me and you, but just like, you know, as a group over literal nonsense and pretty big fights. So I guess, you know, it does, it can happen. Like you said, there's some clear underlying tensions but if they are trying to make money and make music <laughs> they need to move passes everyone just needs to be a bigger mm-hmm. person because he in this case it was david david being literally ridiculous and needing to mind his own business and not worry about mm-hmm. jabri and miona's relationship and focus on the music if we go at the beginning of the episode we see jabri and miona who, I mean, I guess they're not working and don't have disposable income, but somehow they have money for all these matching jackets, but that's neither <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, they are going to Chicago to meet uh, David. Uh, they meet him at his current job, which he runs some kind of like truck station or situation. A trucking company, which honestly, if you do it right, a trucking company is very lucrative. So maybe it was for the best that David went and found out, found his own venture. Yeah, exactly. And so David is trying to tell Jabri, like, hey, I can hook you up. You have you got your trucking license over COVID, um, over the lockdown. I could hook you up with like a trucking job so you can make some money. And Miona and Jabri like bristled at this. Like it was like the most insulting thing ever. And I'm like, Miona, aren't you trying to get this man to pay for beach wedding and to move to LA? Why are you? So it just seems like Everything that David says, Miona's going to oppose. Anything Miona does, David's going to oppose. And Jabri's just trying not to work. So he's like, yeah, I can't, I can't do the truck thing. I need to focus on my relationship. I mean, the man is literally giving you a truck for free, like for free. And you're insulted. And you know what? When Jabri hit the studio, Miona hit the wedding planning and talked about, oh, these are expensive. So she might come back to Jabri and be like, honey, listen about that truck. You drive it back home. Mm -hmm. I'll drive our car back home and we'll figure it out. I mean, that would be the intelligent thing to do. Put him (laughs) on the road, girl. Um, You know, and let's not let's not brush over the fact that like going back to this underlying tension in their relationship. And I know they move past this, but I think it's, it's a poignant thing that we acknowledge their friendship started with Jabri making fun of David's accent when he first got to the U.S. and David putting him in a literal three-day coma. So I oh think this God, is how could I forget this? Right. So it's just and then and then they reconciled later when Jabri was dating David's twin sister. So I think just their relationship is a roller coaster of things that make sense to them. Absolutely. I can't believe I like missed over and didn't lead with how this <laughs> friendship began, which was. With David putting Jabri into a literal coma and then them forming a friendship afterwards. It's insane. I'm also (laughs) remiss that we've now been talking about the Miona and Jabri segment for at least five minutes. And we have yet to mention Space Cash. Oh, my God. Space Cash is the literal (laughs) alien from another dimension who's actually literally a white guy from Iowa. (laughs) I found Space Cash's profile, and apparently he is a being from another like galaxy or planet who has come to our world to learn about love and mu- make Aww. music while he's at it. 
Well, our world does have a lot of love, but maybe he's hanging out with the wrong people because Jabri and David are not shining examples of love. I saw the greatest uh, Reddit comment um, that had a picture of Space Cash in a helmet and be like, well, now after we heard the origin story of how Jabri and David met, now we know when Space Cash <laughs> wears a helmet around these two. He's like, I cannot be in a coma. I might forget all the lessons I learned on love this far. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let's go over to even Mohammed because I I can't quite make out their their situation. And honestly, Eve is no help because I will say things are getting lost in translation between Muhammad and Eve's friends. And Eve is the translator. I feel like she's <laughs> not giving either person the right information and just making it all like, I'm so confused. I don't know what's going on. We'll stop and talk to everyone, listen to them, and then share the right information. That might help. A very tangible example of what you just mentioned is at one point during her girls' night or, um, you know, dinner with her friend to decompress, her friend literally says, because Eve brings up that Muhammad was not pleased with the sex conversation and questions that her friends brought up to him at dinner, and he was pretty upset when they were heading home, and the friend was like, oh my God, did he yell at you? And instead of Eve being like, no, his voice doesn't go up like any <laughs> office, he has the most monotone like have you heard Muhammad? it ranges between two decibels <laughs> yes. it she was like instead of being like no he didn't yell she was like he was really upset and it was like what no now it sounds like this man is literally going off on you in the car and not, again not to defend Muhammad but yes the translator is not doing mm. a great job of portraying like Muhammad and their relationship that means that their relationship mm, not going so well not going so well. I mean, yeah, she was talking about he threw a fit. And I don't know. And you know what? It's not going to go so well either when you don't give him a heads up that you're going out. Like you're spending, I don't know, an hour, two hours getting ready. And then you're about to walk out the door and you're like, all right, bye. It's just like when he got there the first morning, she was like, all right, bye. He's like, where are you going? Oh, to work. Like, where is the communication? Where is <laughs> I mean, the I think up? Mohammed at this point should know that if Eve's panties are visible, she's <laughs> heading out and meeting with her friends. I will say, though, the the one scene that I really appreciated from their dinner was that she was like, all right, I'll have one drink. And then they <laughs> brought out this gigantic ass drink filled to the brim um, and the camera lingered on it because, you know, the producers are like, pan, zoom, stay. <laughs> because it wasn't even a drink. It was supposedly a shot, but it was literally half a glass. My boyfriend walked by and he was like, is that a, what's considered a shot in America? Like, he was like, what? And then... I was like, this has to be fake. This has to be another stage scene because half a cup of like, what is that tequila? I don't know when they took it down, like it was nothing. But then later in the conversation, they both were tearing up and like, girl, I just want you to be happy. And I'm just here for you. And I'm like, damn, they really did do that. Sean. Oh, my God. I I mean, it looked like a really strong margarita. I, I don't know, as someone who's drank plenty in her youth, <laughs> it looked like a strong one. But yeah, let's actually let's rewind. Let's go back to this because there was a very important segment in their storyline. And that was they went to a mosque. So um, it's the morning after their big fight. They had this gigantic fight the night before, which wait a minute. Did she go out with her friends then the night before the mosque? Was that the big fight? I think it was. And now she's going out with her out. friends again, like the next day. Supposedly, okay. <laughs> I guess. All right. Well, 
Um, it's the morning after their fight, and he wants to forget about their relationship and or the fight and just move forward, which I'm like, okay, yeah, that's healthy. Great idea. But, but she found a mosque and did that because she wants him to feel connected to his faith and feel good here. And she's even going to go with him, and she's even going to wear a scarf there because that is the respectful thing to do. Yes, great. Kudos for doing that. And, yes, uh, Muhammad needs – it would be very beneficial for him to find like-minded people and find community Obviously, he's very religious, so having a place of worship, all of that is great. So I'm glad Eve did that. The one thing she didn't do, which she honestly should have done way before we even started filling out paperwork for this uh, 90-day K-1 visa, is a simple Google search about the Muslim faith. Because Eve, <laughs> Eve seems so shocked that they walked in there and like first that like the women and the men are going to be like praying separately or in separate locations. She's like... Immediately, we were separated by our genders. And it was like, yes, girl, like uh, the simplest of searches could give you a little bit of insight about the very deep and like steadfast religion that your future husband is dedicated to. So like you should have some background. And she was like, oh, my God, I have to wash my hands. Like, everything was such a shock. Mm. And I'm like, have you never seen a previous episode? Exactly. So many white, old white women have been in this position before. You should not be shocking. And then two, just search. Do a Google search. Also, don't make your life even harder by wearing the scarf in the hot New Mexican sun prior to getting to the mosque. Like, why does she have to wear it out of her house and in the car and struggle with it? Put it on right before you walk in. But what was touching was that Muhammad let us know, obviously, his faith is important to him. But it's also interweaved with his father because his father was a religious man, maybe even a faith leader himself. Uh, but his father passed away when Muhammad was only 14. So he feels especially close to him when he's in a mosque and praying. And that was really sweet. And I hope that Eve knows all of that. We can't even ask her because, again, Eve is the worst translator. So that would all be lost in translation. We don't know if she actually knows that. But, yes, hopefully these two can find common ground. But I doubt it because Muhammad is saying that he would really like Eve to convert to his faith and to become a Muslim because that would help their relationship. And Eve is saying that's not going to happen. So, again, major, <sighs> major difference that could really break up the relationship. They're both terrible communicators because at one point, Muhammad says he was very, uh, Muhammad, yeah, <laughs> sorry. My manager just sent me a quick message. So that totally threw me off from the most important thing, which is his podcast. Um, Mahaget, Muhammad Mahogany. Said he was, <laughs> Mahogany, Muhammad said he was very clear with her about his expectations of her from the beginning. Um, but clearly she didn't absorb the message. So it's all lost in translation in New Mexico. Two other people that are lost in translation are Thais and John. Even though this should be an exciting time for Thais and, oh, why am I blanking on her man's name? Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> this should be an exciting time for Thais and Patrick because they are moving on from Austin to Dallas where he is going to have even more career opportunities. Um, they are having sex on the side of the road in his electric vehicle. Mm. Like life, There's a new house. Life should be good. But life is not good because John is coming with them. He will continue to be their roommate. And Thais is not pleased with these new accommodations. I don't know if Thais is ever going to be pleased. Like, I, I thought that house was beautiful. Apparently, it's close to a million-dollar home. And in Dallas, a million-dollar home is really nice. You know, it's not like a million-dollar home in, I don't know, the Bay Area where I used to live, where you're basically getting a shack. 
she's going to nitpick at everything. First, it's like the home is too cramped. The home is a mess. Girl, you just got there. Their box is going to be a mess. Oh, John's furniture here is here. Oh, but it's so ugly. Let's tell him to toss it. Like, (laughs) I wasn't considered in this thought process. And okay, you know what? That's fair. You should have been considered. But was that even a possibility? Like, weren't you in Brazil when this was happening? Because you don't just buy a house and sell a house in what, a week? She's been there for a week. So lighten up, girl. Like, it is what it is for now. I think it's been a few weeks. But yeah, I mean, I agree that I actually think she could have been considered in the conversation because even being abroad, it doesn't mean he can't send her pictures or tell her about the location. And I get her concern that, like, I personally don't think is as big of a deal for John to already be living there when she arrived because that is the situation that they were in. But I do agree that, like, is there a timeline? Like, he's not this, like, younger stepbrother that's all alone or, like, younger brother that's all alone in the world that Patrick needs to take care of. He's a grown-ass working man. So, like, a couple should have their privacy. I don't see why there is no plan for John to move out and get his own place. Like, I released talking about it. Is there a timeline? That being said, the whole thing about, like, the house being too small and it being a mess because there was boxes around because you moved. Like, all of that was fucking strange. And I'm going to... I'm going to assume that it's just because she's irritated about John being there. So she's just yeah. nitpicking everything. But yeah, be more grateful, girl. Um, but yes, also, Patrick, when is, when is John moving out? You know what, though? I will give credit to John because he wasn't being a asshole when she was going off. Instead, he was like, I'm just going to walk away and let you two be <laughs> right. Because he knows that like his presence could make it even harder for his brother in that moment. Um, and quick side party note. planning. He's like, all right, I'm going to go <laughs> oh, wait, that's right. guest list for next week. <laughs> My bad. Never mind. Okay, you know what? Let me give him credit for the two minutes that he walked away before he started planning this. Um, Quick side note. We're having people come over to look at our security system because there was like an issue. And I just thought, how amazing would it be if Patrick and John walked in right now, the duo? Um, Although I guess Patrick already sold us on the equipment. So it would be just John coming in to do the technician stuff. Which would be incredible. (laughs) It would be incredible. I'd be like, hey, hey, you want a beer? You want to hang out? What is not incredible is Ariella and her insecurities busting in on Binium, who was described as someone with a lot of potential who could make it far. Well, busting in on what? You you buried the lead. Because I was giving it to you, my friend, to tell <laughs> us. The lead is that Binium is training with none other but a female fighter. A female <gasps> fighter. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Kat, do you inform your husband every time you're going to have a meeting or call or a sit down with a male coworker or stakeholder, client or whatnot? No. And me and my husband have a personal trainer. We both work out together. And uh, the person at the gym who's like responsible for assigning the trainer was like, oh, I'll give you so-and-so. She's young and fun and you'll love her. And there wasn't a part of me that was like, hold up. Hell no, can't have my husband with this young, vibrant, obviously in shape female. I was like, cool. So me oh. and Ariella are not the same. Well, and me and you are not the same because as soon as you were saying that, I'd be like, no, he's fine. Um, who is your oldest, uh, <laughs> most <laughs> unattractive male trainer that he can have? Um, no, I agree. We, we, with we you. train together, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard for me to even talk about this scene because. 
it was so badly staged. Like, I know you like to live into the moment and like, just, you know, go with it. And me too. I know so like pretty much every reality show is fake. We know that at this point, that's fine. I'm here for the entertainment. But when people are not natural actors, give them stuff that they could truly do because Ariella walking in and being like, what's your name? What's your name? Who is this? I didn't, why do you have your fake eye? Like, oh, ain't nobody buying this. Like, uh, no. I mean, Mahogany and uh, What's-His-Face did a much better job in their scenes um, than Ariella did with hers. And, you know, okay, so, again, going back to you know that I like to live in the moment, it's funny because before they got to the gym, she was letting out all her insecurities. They were driving to the gym, and she's like, oh, just out of nowhere, all of a sudden, well, we never cuddle anymore, and um yeah I'm glad you were admiring that car not a woman like because he looked out the of the window and it's like oh nice car (laughs) so I was just like she is feeling some type of way and I think that's because she's carrying the load of having to find a job in the U.S. which I think is the first time she's doing it um trying to figure out the the situation or no she found a job and she's also taking care of little baby Avi at the same time which is stressful I am a working parent and it is fucking hard when my kids are home and I have to work But wait a minute, this again is where like, I'm like, none of this lines up because she's stressed because she needs to drive Benny around, right? Because I'm assuming Benny can't drive in the US yet, maybe. Um, But then she's also stressed because she has a part time remote job for her friend's social media, (laughs) um, quote unquote, company. But she's also stressed because at the same time, she has to take care of Avi. I'm sorry, there's a whole other adult there that's completely unemployed with no driver's license and nowhere to be. Why isn't he at the park with Avi while you are, quote unquote, I copied and pasted that email and I'll get like even that dialogue was like, <laughs> that don't sound like no real work. <laughs> copied and pasted an email. Well, he can't take care of the baby because apparently he's at the gym for two or three hours. And my question is, who's paying for the gym? Like y'all don't have money for rent, but you have money for the gym. And I'm sorry if this is for real and I'm the only one working and that's fine because I know you're not allowed to work, but you will have to go to the gym when I'm not working because you will be taking care of our child. So I can Mm. copy and paste these emails from my friend's fake ass social media company. Look, the last comments I will say that I feel like are realistic, although I don't know, this one was kind of hard. But I thought they were maybe realistic because I just get annoyed with Ariella. One was her like anti-feminist approach to yelling at this woman, which I know you said was staged. But again, she irritates me and I feel like she's an irrational being. Anti-feminist because like she's not allowed to be sparring with men and how dare she wear like full makeup and lashes. And she just approached her like she was some uh, harlot who was sleeping with a married man knowingly. Yeah, like, first of all, if this was real and you're truly annoyed, then direct your anger at your husband, not this mm-hmm. woman who's just there sparring, training like anybody else. Second of all, she's over here talking about, like, why are you wearing eyelashes? First of all, half the women in America now have fucking... Um, uh, Fake lashes? Like, yeah, just, like, permanent, like, lashes in all the time. Like, they're not, you know, they're even, what are they called? I'm like to extensions, like almost so many women now have lash extensions. So I'm like, I don't think she put on like little strips <laughs> of fake lashes to go and fight with Binium. I think she just naturally had them. And Ari, you should know this because you don't have the same face that we met you with. Why are you showing mm-hmm. up with those lips and that? No, like three faces later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So let this woman be. And if you be, need to be mad at anyone, be mad at your husband. But this was all kind of ridiculous. And I, at this point, 
I don't know who I dislike more. I mean, I mean, it's pretty much Emily and Bilal, but Ari's really up there. It's hard because we've been dealing with Ariella for a long time, and like she has, she has her her qualities. I can't think of them right now, but like we've been able to keep up with her for a while and haven't been super annoyed with her. It's just that she continues to annoy. She continues to press the button. So I don't think that she's as bad as as Bilal and Emily, but yeah, she's up there. And the last thing was. Again, with being irritated with her, they have to leave the gym because the trainer's like, I can't have this energy. Get the fuck out. <laughs> and so she's having this discussion or this fight with Biniam outside. I didn't think that he was yelling. Like, yes, his voice no, was <laughs> louder than normal, but it was not yelling. And I thought it was ridiculous that she's calling him out for yelling after she just yelled at him and this innocent woman inside the gym. You want to see yelling, you should see Muhammad after in the car after he leaves a, a dinner party with Eve's friends. But no, he was not yelling. And again, this was very gaslighter, like antics. Again, it's very much mm. like Emily turning everything around on Kobe to be like, oh, my God, I cannot believe you spoke to me like that. When with no accountability of what led them to have to ha- let him to have that outburst. Same thing. It's like Ariel is the one literally yelling at people, trying to start fights, going off in front of the camera. And when he's like, let me explain. Let me explain. Please let me talk. You're talking over. You're not letting me talk. Then she's like, you know what? I'm not going to be yelled at. And it's like, he's not. <sighs> Liar. As Darcy would say. <laughs> Liar. Liar. You never loved me. <laughs> <sighs> she's annoying. Um, but we didn't get any Kara and Guillermo this week. So who gets your appreciation ring? My appreciation ring is going to go to Space Cash. I, <laughs> love, I love a costume. I love a backstory. I love uh, extraterrestrials and, you know, the truth is out there. I mm-hmm. need to know more. But, yes, anyone who has the courage and the creativity to walk around the streets of Chicago, I don't know what the temperature is, but I don't think it was that cold and to be in that outfit. So, you know, thank you, Space Cash, for giving us that moment. Absolutely. Um, Mine is kind of three ways. So first, it's going to go to the owner of the MMA gym where Benium is training because he's also the coach. And I just love that he himself is not like super ripped and athletic, but can sell the idea that he will get others to be super ripped and athletic. Maybe that's the kind of trainer that you're like, I need my husband with him. Um, I hope he listens to this and heard what you just said, because I feel like he could definitely throw a person out of that ring. I don't think you need to be super cut. Uh, to do that but also a shout out to him because I appreciate that not only is he training people for MMA and like this intense violent fighting but he's also like no bad vibes man (laughs) not in my gym it's also going to go to Melissa the MMA fighter who is currently training for a fight because equal rights equal fights and then last this was a very small one but Thais I don't know if you caught this she had her very first taste of mac and cheese and her reaction said it all. It was like, mm, eyes opened, big smile. Yeah, girl, welcome to America. <laughs> God bless America. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was like, is this pasta? Because I like it. What is mac and cheese? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, well, on that note, thanks all for tuning in another week. Be sure to give us five stars on the podcast app and a glowing review. And follow me on Instagram at Bored and Bitchy. That's Bored, letter and Bitchy. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye. Gold and bitch.
Bitchy. Bitchy. Sorry. <laughs> Bored and bitchy. <laughs>